But I've been recording. I thought we were on a podcast. That's why I'm so quiet now. <laughs> I thought we were recording, so I stopped talking. What's happening? So the key to getting Abby to talk is to not tell her the podcast has started. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone recording? We're good? Yeah. Thumbs up all around? I can't see Abby, so I don't know if she's giving us a thumbs up, but I'm going to assume yes. Yes, I'm recording. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're I've doing, never stopped. We're doing it's, such good communicating, guys. Over long distances. Uh, over, over extremely long distances. Using protocols. <laughs> protocols. So this is the kind of communication that would have been completely impossible around the year zero. <laughs> it's true. Well, we'll see. Well, I, yeah. I, don't I know. wouldn't know that you guys were, existed in the year zero. Oh, that's sad. If we were in, if we were in North America being yeah. Native Americans... And you're busy yes. being in Rome, or actually, no, you're in somewhere in Germany. So one of the Germanic tribes, you'd mm-hmm. be amongst the amongst the uh, Visigoths and whoever else was up there around the year zero. There are all kinds of tribes up there, but I think none of them had telephones. I doubt it. Probably not. There's no way to know for sure. <laughs> Archaeological <laughs> evidence would imply that the Visigoths did not, in fact, have telephones. <laughs> I, I feel confident in that assumption. <laughs> All right. So I think that we should remedy that because I don't think it's out of the question that we could have had at least long distance communication. I think we should start with a low bar, which is like yet l- last time we made paper, we made we made movable type, essentially. Yep. Yeah. So we, we, we covered asynchronous communication over distances, which is like print pamphlets and then give them to a guy on a horse. And then eventually someone might read them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, this I think, would be better to be able to communicate over long distances. Yep. Because then you could communicate to a guy there who would print new pamphlets. And then you wouldn't need the guy on the horse. Spread the word. Exactly. Grow your numbers. RSS feeds all around. <laughs> I wonder if we How, could implement so- RSS over, like, Telegraph. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. Go on, yeah, Abby. Go on, Abby. <laughs> So are we, we just want to do one point to one point communication, like end to end, one yeah. person to one person? Let's do that. Okay. Let's do long distance communication, uh, wired or wireless with a single endpoint. All right. We're not going to broadcast. We're going to, we're going to single cast. Cue gonna... the dubstep. I've always wanted to say that. I'm totally just not going to put in the dubstep. It'll just be, it'll just just be Pete singing, singing dubstep. Um, yeah, so yeah, from one point to one point, and yeah, we don't really need a network. I no. think I think it'd be impressive enough to just be able to be like run a cable from Rome to somewhere else that was important around Roman times. <laughs> Egypt. Well, I mean, Egypt is kind of gutsy because that's that's across the Mediterranean, so that requires undersea cables and high voltage and stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask though how far we want this communication to go, and if it has to be via cable and it can't instead of something 
like a visual signal across great distances or something. Mm. Oh. Ooh. So you want your, okay. So let's, let's, let's start with something that'd be really easy let's at the time. Let's see how far we get. Let's yeah. start with, uh, start with, let's say like a kilometer and see how far, if we can get further and further and further. Well, we could say line of sight, which yeah. could be multiple kilometers, but it's limited by the fact that you have to have line of sight. Yeah. As we learned today, mm-hmm. line of sight, if you have the right optics can be like three and a half, four kilometers. Oh yeah, yeah. That article about the crazy sniper shot. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess then, what's oh, what is it? Helio, Helio well, so four, seven four. It's a good point though. What if you just build a telescope? And I mean, the curvature, of the, the curvature of the Earth is an issue, but you can at least see that maximizes your line of sight. Um. So you use semaphores combined with a telescope. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, you could do you could semaphores do, are flag signals, I believe, for yeah. those of you who are yeah. lost. Yeah, so they will, they'll help you find your way. Yeah, semaphore is built off of you got two, usually two flags, and each of them has one of. Is that why it's called semaphore? Because it's half of four. It's a semi-four. There's two. I'm almost certain that's not why it's called that. <laughs> that's not at all correct. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what is correct, but that's not correct. <laughs> Usually when Pete makes up stuff, he sounds more convincing than that. I was earlier going to make up something about how Motorola is derived from like an ancient Motorotis, which is like the inventor of communication. But I was, that's just made up, but I didn't see, hold myself back, stick to the facts. Okay. Um, no false news or fake, <laughs> fake news. news. Um, no, we need to, we need to transmit the real news from place to place. Yep. So big, like yeah, you could do you could do a big tower. The cool thing you could do like um, like a semaphore tower where they're automated arms with like with signals Ooh. on them, like on your mailbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those those <gasps> like were actually a, like used. A flappy flaily arm, wavy arm, flaily tube man. Yes, only more controlled than that. It's not sending gibberish via <laughs> semaphore. That is a neat idea to to make a large tower and then. Well, I think have, to, have a signal system, and then you have somebody who sits on the tower with a an optic system that can see other towers. It's sort of like in Lord of the Rings, but different. Yeah, I mean, if you did it right, you wouldn't even need to make the tower up. Like the guy wouldn't have to be at the top of the tower. If you had a a big periscope, and at the top of the periscope is a telescope. Like you took a telescope yeah. and you attached it to the end of a periscope, <laughs> and then the guy on the ground can just sort of look through goggles at the bottom of the tower. And then you'd be able to see another tower. A, par- a paratelescope? A paratelescope or a teleperiscope. Yeah. Or a telescope. And then at the, if he's looking through binoculars at the bottom, it's a binocular telescope. No, we need be- to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just no, start coupling optics together and well, giant you, No, actually, but you would legit need some sort of lens system at the bottom. Because yes. a, a periscope, if you're looking through a mirror, looking up... Uh, like a, a tower, you're looking through a tube. The image at the far end of it is going to be really, really small. Yeah. So you need mm-hmm. magnification at the bottom, and then more magnification at the top. Um, yeah. So I mean, that all comes back to we need a way to make a lens. Okay. I think like lens lenses existed. You you can make glass. Yeah. Because you heat you heat up. We, we've established we can make glass. You can probably polish it. Well, and and like lens grinding is just a matter of being able to create a curve of constant like radius radius Mm -hmm. so it's smooth Mm -hmm. but like you can you can you can hand grind people were hand grinding lenses for a long time 
it's now it's mass produced at the time it would just taken a really long time yeah so the optics are going to be like the actual visual quality is going to be pretty shite but it'll work well yeah i mean all you need to see is light well all you've got to be able to tell is whether like you have two big like colored discs on the end of arms sticking out from the tower one on each side wait you just use light and then just like a fire and then just have it through. Like, oh, like are we talking seven four or are we talking like helio like oh, there's a term for it. It's not heliotrope, helio something where you heliophore? That would make sense. What they use on sh- on ships with yeah, the, where you the have lantern lights. Yeah. Then you open and close the lantern. Yeah, the only problem with that is like that works best in the dark. During the day it's gotta be very like well aimed in order for the light to be That's an excellent point. I forgot about mm-hmm. daytime. <laughs> We can communicate over long distance as long as it's dark. <laughs> so next week we blot out the sun. <laughs> I have a I have a fun fact that I'm going to diverge diverge. I'm going to hey, that's my segue job. into, but it's it's probably one that people know, but I think it's neat. Okay. So what is the difference in the weather report? Simon knows this between yeah. partly cloudy and partly sunny. Part- it's, all, it's all Abby because I already know. Yeah. What, is there like a scientific difference or can I no, just guess? It's a very simple difference. Guess. Yeah. Uh, partly sunny means it's cloudy with bits of sun and then the opposite for the opposite. Partly cloudy is at night. Really? Yeah. Partly sunny is the day yeah. when there is sun. It'd be hard to be partly sunny at night. But I never really I noticed want, that until I, it was pointed out. Yeah. I would prefer partly moony would be nice. <laughs> That's so, probably why that isn't a thing. I was going to say, but if there is no moon, but the, how do you know how much cloud there is partly, if there's no moon? Partly dark. <laughs> it's mostly Earth? dark. Partly darker. <laughs> Today will be partly sunny with chances of dark at night. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're way off track. So let's You knew say, that was going to happen when you brought this up. So let's pretend we made lenses and... Yeah, I like, I like the semaphore because you could do... With the semaphore, you could do it at night with lights you just yeah. you have lanterns on the end of the arms and the relative location of the lights would tell you what letter you're so for people i think i i don't know that enough, that much about semaphore in terms of what the actual positions mean but it breaks down no. to it's an encoding system where you have you have two lights one and then the relative position they can be in one of i think five positions for all of you who aren't watching, Simon is waving his arms, I'm just flailing his arms gesticulating around. madly. Um, <laughs> they can either be like at one of essentially it's like if you imagine a compass around they the one can either be at like north, northwest, west, southwest or south. And the other one can be north, northeast, east, southeast or south. And then those two combinations give you 25, like five positions each side times or squared gives you 25 possible positions which gives you enough for all the letters so assuming we're set we're transmitting in english then you can send them one letter at a time and if you you can do it during the day just by having like colored discs or colored arms or traditionally they're literally flags um you could also you could make it simpler you could just you could actually encode it you could use like something like an ascii encoding and then have on off signals using binary to build your ascii codes like send hexadecimal values yeah yeah or even decimal values you just convert it to binary yeah well okay that would make more sense for like the helio for or something like yeah, that like, like as much as it, it's it's cool to have a contraption with flailing arms i don't know if it's necessarily like required yeah i mean you could do you could do a similar thing Okay, you so just then, need two then, states. Then we're then we're into uh, we're into like binary communication. So you got one clock, you got one light. That's the clock. 
<laughs> Every time that light blinks, oh you read the other the other light. Going to rebuild like SBI. <laughs> oh my god! No, no, no. It's uh, actually no. You could. You don't even need the second light. We use uh, we use UART. Every, they just both they just both need to have a clock. Oh my god! And as long as they know the clock speed, we're transmitting at at one baud. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, like it, encoding, it means that it's simpler, and that's probably going to be advantageous because I feel like with the arms, it's going to be difficult to get them in the view you have, especially if your lenses aren't perfect and you don't know where to line them up and stuff like that. It seems like it's easier to have it as, as if they have the signal source as simple as possible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I want to see. I think I think we, we could how you encode the information is is the easy part of it. I think that the difficult part would be building the building the optical mechanism and then building the actuation for whatever whether it's lights or arms or whatever that you're going to use for communication. Um, but I think all of that would be eminently doable. Yeah. So the next question is, could we do something that's not line of sight? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've established that we have electricity. Right. Yep. So, and we have wire, so we could get, we could do the same. I don't know if we have a lot of wire. Yeah. Well, I mean, copper is really ductile. It wouldn't be very difficult to take, like, not a lot of copper and make a lot of wire. Especially because, especially because you can essentially braid it. Like, you can, you can wind it. So you pull a lot of strands. They don't need to be, it doesn't need to be one continuous strand of, of copper necessarily. You can just, like you get a whole bunch of reasonably long strands of copper and you twist them together and you make like copper rope essentially. Yeah. Um, and then you, so that would give you your, like a, a braided conductor or, a, or like a, a stranded conductor and you can take mm-hmm. that any, like over a great distance. Yeah. I mean, it, that becomes very difficult uh, other than the fact that Romans have roads. So you already have some, an, an, an area on the surface of the earth that is clear of obstacles and reasonably straight. And you have vehicles that can travel on it reasonably easily. Yeah, the the integrity of the cable would be more difficult than making the cable. Exactly, like, you, which you, is why if you either embed it in the road or put it alongside the road, or at least use the roads to lay it down, mm-hmm. then you can connect cities, at least if not villages, using we, the road network that's already there. Yeah, can we make rubber? We don't probably not in Rome. Like you need you need I, you need the crazy trees that like bleed latex, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and then you need to be able to like refine it and process it okay so we can't make rubber but i assume we could make like strips of fabric that you could like impregnate with some sort of like insulator and then wrap the cable in that just to protect it from because like if you have a bare conductor running along it's going to be pretty susceptible to shorts and stuff like that you're going to kill some children yeah well no it doesn't have to be it doesn't 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 have to be high voltage is it ac or dc the, the the eternal question oh crud we did did we ever we never really talked about whether we could rectify well, no, it doesn't matter because we're using, aren't we using like a three-phase or two-phase generator? Well, we're generating three-phase power. Uh, so we don't need to invert it. We can just leave it. Well, no, but AC oh, is re- worse. We want, yeah. we, want a, we want a DC cable. Because like, okay, this is, I from what I understand of how telegraphs work, which is what basically what we're building, a telegraph, you, at each end, you have a, like a five-volt power supply or something, and... Or at one end, I think you have a five volt power supply, and then anywhere along the line, somebody can 
press a button and that shorts that wi- that wire to ground, which causes the voltage on the line to go to zero and loads down the power supply at the far end. Mm. Um, which you should be able to do with AC as well, actually. If you have AC power, you we just create like a like a ten volt AC signal on the line, and then as long as you can, as long as that AC signal is there, then the line is intact, right? Yep. And nobody's sending any data, right? And then you pull that line low yeah. to send data. Okay. And you know if the cable was damaged because you're getting constantly zero voltage at the far end. Right. That's interesting. Um, how do what is the maximum distance of that of a copper cable like that? Assuming that it's not going to be the same purity and uh, conductivity of modern copper cables, because I know there's an equation for it. I remember it from like first year physics. I just don't remember what it tells you about the distance where the the conductivity and resistivity of a, a copper wire is going to start failing in terms of maintaining a readable voltage it would depend on your like it would depend on the voltage you're feeding into it right because uh well okay when it's floating as long like float like if nobody's sending any data so you just got a you essentially got a long copper wire attached to a power supply at one end but you're not actually that power is not going anywhere at the other end then the voltage across the entire cable will be exactly even because there's no current flow mm. right its potential is should be even across the entire cable what will happen is the further down the cable you get when you short it out the less current will flow to that end mm. but i don't think it should matter what the resistance of the cable is because all you're looking for is a binary like on off if you're trying to send analog data it would matter yeah so how would you measure whether or not there's a signal at the other end do you like hook it up to a little like uh like do you uh, some sort of like inductor or would you like have a, a compass like how do you measure whether there is a value a voltage or a current um i guess if you if you built something that makes noise by like normally <laughs> and then you use the ac signal like the ac power coming in to inhibit that build something that makes noise like you make a bell that is just like like a like a yeah ding bell or something um and hmm because you could put it you try to make like an electromagnet but that's gonna need a fair bit of current could we make a piezo speaker they have quartz right i don't know how but i probably well i mean i've never actually tried putting electricity <laughs> through quartz but I, like that's, I built that, an AM radio when I was in high school, but I don't remember anything about it other than it, we assembled pieces. Yeah, no, <laughs> I actually I actually was just watching a thing about how piezoelectricity works, and I know that like quartz is one of the things that does that. It vibrates if it's a, if a current's applied or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it you apply a voltage to it with a certain and it and it will oscillate at a certain frequency yeah. naturally. Yeah just based on the shape of the quartz yeah. it's not it doesn't like it's not like you put like a dc power through quartz and it like creates a tone putting a dc putting dc charge through a quart through a quartz crystal will cause it to deform mm. but it'll stay in whatever's deformed shape is yeah. and then you like and it's, we're talking about like really small deformations it sounds really complicated but it's probably possible if you take enough time and uh like just try it over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, would you get enough of a, a difference in like EM to be able to use a compass to tell if it's energized or not? 
You should be able to. I mean, if the if the AC if the cable was carrying AC power out and back, so that you're actually driving current through it, but then you're then you start running into the resistance problem. Yeah. Um, really, you just need to be able to measure whether there is whether there's AC power there or not, and then you look for it to stop being there. I mean, what we're basically doing is creating an enormous antenna. Kind of. I would say actually, you know what the easiest thing would be to do is that you use yeah you run the ac power through a uh through an electromagnet like a little electromagnetic coil and you use that to actuate a switch in a relay i how would you build those like okay so your power you 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 would need to have a loop a loop right that you have to have two cables one going out one going back to your generator okay. you generate ac at one end at the other end your cable comes out so they're running parallel to each other yeah. it comes out the other end and you just wrap it around a like a, a, a ferro core yeah like a piece of metal core wrap it around and then send it back so yeah then you send current one direction as as you get ac current you're creating a magnetic field in around that core mm-hmm. which will attract just straight metal yeah and then you use that to switch a relay okay and so when there isn't current flowing like that magnet holds a switch open when the current stops that switch closes which creates light or noise or something at the other end well you just watch it move it, it's gonna there's gonna be, have to be an operator anyway it will tap yeah well no but see you wouldn't even necessarily because then you could do something like the uh like the ticker tapes where you oh, just yeah. where you're running a coil through and as it goes like as the things close it like marks a piece of paper in a in a pattern well you could just attach like charcoal or something to the moving piece of metal then hmm you don't even need to do anything else yeah Okay. Could we have a more like mechanical solution? I'm thinking something like actually physically sending notes over long distances. Ooh, I like it. Not like with I don't know in tubes. I'm thinking immediately of tubes and like at Home Depot and- or like Costco. Any place? Yeah. So yeah, they've got the crazy tubes that go up into the ceiling. That'd be mm-hmm. neat. Uh, new, it, those are pneumatic. So it's, those it's are just, pneumatic. It's just air air pumping, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, yeah. If you theoretically, if you have some way to to actuate something for a long enough period of time, you could put it inside a little track. It'll just trundle on taking your messages somewhere until it gets there or it dies. I mean, the nice thing about having, but the air power is you only need to have, you have big fans running at each or compressors running at each end. Can we make a, can we make a tube that it would fit nicely inside? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. What would we make it out of? Like we can make metal tubes. Actually, it wouldn't even necessarily. It would just need to be like smooth, it yeah, would, and 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 seal reasonably well. Um, I mean, I guess. Or the, we just don't make it smooth, and we don't make them horizontal. We just make it like a really large slide, and so you have to climb a really really big ladder <laughs> to drop it into the tube, and it goes down a few kilometer slide to the next town. You you, you That's leave your town. Reasonable, right? You walk up into the mountains. Send your message that then goes down the mountain to your town and you go back and get it. It's great. <laughs> well, you could do something like most most big cities at this point are along rivers or something like that. Mm, that's so true. could you like harness the like the water motion to actuate a system that would like tow a little like boat full of messages up river and yeah down exactly river. You, you, we're sending messages in a bottle that's what you we're just doing. You essentially use a, you use a cable, well, cable like we were talking about to just guide little boats so they don't go 
off into shore or things like that. And as long as you don't have a, a tree branch or something that falls down on top of it, it'd just be like a little Well and you and you make one guide like, system. You attach like a drogue to one and you send the other like it's it like there's two boats, essentially, and they're both attached to a cable that goes all the way up the like goes up the river to like a pulley, right? And then you and then you like put put stuff in one and then you attach like a little like drogue parachute type thing to the other that pulls it downstream, which pulls the other one upstream. Yeah. Which doesn't have a drogue mm-hmm. on it. That's cool. Be like those uh yeah. be like those crazy elevators. The um, what are they, the pater- paternoster elevators? The ones where like it's just a constant stream of like little rooms that go up on one side and down on the other. And you get up and down inside. You never seen those before? Like an inclinator? Nope. No, it's it's inside a building. You have oh. two elevator shafts side by side. And oh, then you crazy. have then you have a bunch of, of little compartments all connected together in like a chain. And they're going up on one side and down on the other. And as one goes by on a given floor, you get in and ride it up or ride it down. Oh, weird. It's old and highly, highly dangerous. And so they don't <laughs> they don't tend to exist Sounds very terrifying. often. But they're also pretty cool. Like I would totally ride in one. Um, I like the idea of building a little autonomous car that just like travels on the Roman roads. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's say this is the last crazy idea and let's run with it. Um, how, okay. A, how would you power your tiny autonomous car? Uh, okay. Let's, let's, let's say, let's put it on rails. Cause then at least we don't have to worry about like steering. We build a little, well, like, yeah, a little it, railroad it, track. Not even a rail, like put it just in like a dig, like a ditch, like a, a convex, like dirt or, or stone ditch. So it can't fall out of it. Did you know that? Why don't you the, put a little car in my tube thing to drive the messages back and forth instead of pneumatics? What? So okay, no, so <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lay a very small underground subway or system. That's my point. Like it doesn't it doesn't need to be enclosed because it not just be like a little hemisphere that well is the, alongside the, the road. I mean, yeah, then the, I the, can just yeah. It, it would be easier to debug, but also easier to like mess with. It's yeah. true. Like, we, yeah. we, if we want to make sure that me- if we want to be reasonably certain the messages get along. If you're talking about security, having everyone's <laughs> mail and messages just driving along, <laughs> just the, side the, road. along the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. If it's a closed system, it makes it a whole lot easier. So, yeah, that's not maybe not tubes, but like you can make exactly like a subway. Like, you make a concrete or not concrete, but stone tunnel that goes alongside the road just by basically making a even a square. So, a square tunnel just out of pieces of stone. So fun fact, the Aztecs had uh, enclosed water piping systems that they made by taking stone slabs, giant stone slabs, and cutting uh, semicircular canals, two of them side by side through each stone slab. And then they took another stone slab, turned it upside down on top of that one to create these tubes Ooh. and then laid those stones mm. end to end. And it allowed them to to send water up and over like they were they were good enough. You could send water over hills like. It would flow That's down so into cool. a valley, down into a valley, and back up the other side. That's super um, cool. And they did this like by hand in actually not far off of possibly before the time we're talking about. So yeah. you could totally do it if you had you had skilled enough stonemasons. It doesn't um, even have to be round. It could just be like a. They literally just be like a square tunnel. The nice thing about round is that it's self like it self centers your yeah. your little RC car. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think powering it is the biggest issue, and I I don't know if they're like. Fire only lasts so long, especially in an enclosed space. Yeah, I, I, I think we might still be on on this on the right track with the pulling with pu- pulling it in either direction. Well, or with with pneumatic. But the nice thing about having the tube and having a little car with like a little sail on it or something is it doesn't need to have a perfect seal. 
But even pneumatic, like you're going to get leaks. It, it seems like it if you just attach a cable to the car, like you said, that goes around like a like a chairlift. It's driven at one side. It goes down to the end and then comes back again. A tiny underground chairlift. Yeah. Subway chairlift. <laughs> okay. So like, it's, but it doesn't lift. It's a sub chair. It's a subway. With, it's actually a car. Chair it's a sub car. Message. It's like a subway <laughs> car. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> no, but like that—that's that, legit. If you have a little tunnel, yeah. So it's out of the way and it's reasonably secure, and you have a little cable that goes down to the destination around a little wheel, and then back to the, the beginning where it's being driven by something. It could be driven by horses. It doesn't matter. Well, and especially then, it doesn't necessarily have to be dead straight because your cable could be running. It doesn't even have to be a car. You just attach messages to the line using like a clothes peg. Well, maybe more reliable than a clothes peg, but yeah, yeah. I, I get you. You hook on, you hook on a message, and it like yeah. carries along down the. Down it's basically the... the river idea, but underground instead. Which would probably make it less likely to like get destroyed. It'd be a lot harder to set up because it's a lot more mecha- like set up ahead of time. But it's yeah. probably more reliable. Yeah, to lay the lo- the 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 rope down that you're going to use to pull the car, you need to use an autonomous car. <laughs> and send it through the tunnel no i'm joking you just you put the rope through when you build the tunnel yeah it's like when you buy uh you buy the cable things for burying cables underground and they come with it's a tube it comes with a with a string already through it so you can pull your cables through it um okay i like that i just reminded me can you imagine if the solution was that you like using the very slender you know the slender metal um like rods they use for running cabling through buildings. Yeah, like the fish lines. Yeah, imagine mm-hmm. just that's the solution. You just make a really long rod and just, just push, like push the message <laughs> push it into the like next a- village. <laughs> 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 well, it's, see, but now, now we got now we got to take it a step bigger, and it's like okay, but if I want to send a message two villages down, now I need to like I need, need a transfer a, station. I need a postal station now. Yeah. It's like send a message to that village and be like, pass this along to the next village. The nice thing though is if you get it working well, you can up the speed. And then all of a sudden, if you're if you're the one side that's driven, like if you're if your spinny wheel at the one side the cables around is going at like a thousand RPM, then you're really sending messages. Then well, you, depends on the radius <laughs> of the wheel. We could call it like hyperloop. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, yeah. No, because yeah, then you could basically network a whole bunch of places together and you just need to have, because it's underground, it can roll right into like the middle of town to like your central, mm-hmm. your like city hall. They just get, the, the message capsules get detached into yeah. a bucket and you just pick them up and you attach them to a new line going somewhere else. Yeah, they either go somewhere else or they get loaded yeah. into like distributed within your city. Yeah. And just like with chairlifts again or with gondolas, you have a larger wheel at the end so it just slows down. So you have, you have a small wheel at the beginning and a large wheel at the end. And so just by pure gearing, then it slows down and they don't sort of go flying off the cable at the end. They just drop nicely. And then once they come off the big loop, they speed up again. Like, so uh, I don't, what? There's a, there's a system that they use for gondolas, especially where when they're inside the loading room, like mm-hmm. the loading station. Yeah. Um, they travel slower. They, they go than... really slowly, but it's the same cable. Is it? How is that even possible? I don't know. I figured it was just like using a big wheel, but I don't actually know. Wouldn't how it... like if the cable's traveling at a certain velocity going up and down the hill, wouldn't it also have to be traveling at the same velocity? It doesn't. Now I need it to know how though. this works. 
No, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it doesn't, but I don't know how they do that. Because they're welded to the cable. I don't, I don't see how they could do it any other way. I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> um, this is going to bother me. Now I know what I'm going to be doing on the internet later. Because I thought it was just geared. I thought work. it was just because it, the, it's a huge, wide uh, wheel at the end. It naturally slows down. And then it speeds up. But, but it wouldn't slow down. Like the cable has to be traveling. If you've got like six like uh, yeah. six feet per second of cable going up the hill up the mountain, it's gotta go somewhere. But it's like a bicycle. It's it's a single chain and you but it goes slow with the pedals no, and fast. No, but back. It, that's the rotational speed of the giant disc. The actual chain has a constant velocity. You take any point on the chain, it's got a yeah, constant linear velocity. That's because I'm dumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're right so I, I i but i i do know like you're right these those systems they do the chairlift or the gondola slows down but i, I don't know if it's i don't know how i don't know how it does it maybe it lets go of the cable I, i'm thinking basically you gotta have a system so like you said uh, like a, like a clothesline clip you're right maybe it lets that go. like yeah. that like has an automatic derailer at the other end yeah. to like basically knock the messages off into a bucket that's possible yeah it might it might release and then reattach to the cable yeah i don't know interesting in any case, now I need to know. So we'll know next time. <laughs> Speaking of things we'll know next time, uh, a follow-up from our last... I'm going to call this one done, and I'm going to move on to follow-up from last uh, history episode. Okay. I learned since then that the movable type, the actual like uh, dies that they use for, for printing, in most cases, that's not actually used for printing. You set, hmm. you set the type, and then you take a negative mold of that set type and then you create a lead uh casting of that that which will now be a positive cast of your typing of your like printing uh plate and so that's that's why you're like so your movable type pieces don't actually wear out because that's one of the things we were talking about was like how hard like how uh, malleable could we make the uh or how reliable could we make it and you wouldn't even need to you could make your movable type pieces out of like wood and then you cast it into plaster and then you like you pour lead into that and print using the lead and then you wouldn't have to worry mm. about the reliability of your original like letter pieces that's neat yeah yeah so uh cool. now now we know we could totally make a printing press yeah way back in the way back machine all right um cool cool i guess uh should we just wrap it up as as we do um, really sloppily well we want, we want people to uh, if people are listening to this when it first comes out, so in late June of 2017, we are still looking for feedback on t-shirts. Um, we've got a handful of people who have responded. And Literally. so, <laughs> I don't know, how many people can you fit into your hand? Oh, I see. That's true. <laughs> I, c- I could count on two hands how many responses we've got. We've got. Is that reasonable? <laughs> um so yeah more feedback would be good we're probably based on the, on what we've heard we'll probably make at least a hand like a literal handful of t-shirts no. at least a couple yeah. yeah so that people who have like shown really good feedback will be able to buy one if they're everybody so really likes the one about babies being entropy machines but doesn't really speak much to our podcast <laughs> eh, i'm okay with that it's a fun it was a funny moment in the podcast i'm proud of it um so yeah if you're uh, if you're listening to this and the uh and the page is still up on our website come tell us about t-shirts if you're interested in them and uh we're trying to figure out if it's still itunes where you go to rate podcasts or no, if there's something podcasts. else it's apple podcasts yeah okay so maybe no it is it, it's called <laughs> apple Podcasts. it's just we don't know if how to find the app for it but if you're on an <laughs> iphone or uh if you're an apple person yeah then you it's apple Podcasts. <laughs> okay anyway 
from what we hear, that's how people find podcasts. So we'd really appreciate it if you rated us on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is. Yeah? Or whatever your your favorite podcasting machine is, if it's Overcast or Pocket Cast or whatever. Can you rate podcasts on there? Yeah. Well, oh. rate, rate us wherever you like. Just rate us everywhere. Just spread the word. Spread yeah. the good word on the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you'd like or don't. And thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs>